Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. everyone and welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I am your host, Kate. And I am the ever-willing husband subjected to the roulette wheel, Bob. How's it going, babe? I'm doing all right. It's been a rough week uh, going back to work and having fun with all that entails, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm not out in the heat like you are. Yeah, this uh, 107 degree heat index has been the worst and on top of that every insect has been after me today i've gotten You're about 20 mosquito so bites sweet. Aww. yeah like 20 mosquito bites and at one point there's just a trail of ants walking up my leg it's, it's a good day <laughs> uh, there there is like some sort of disney musical song about that right somewhere some about ants crawling up legs sure why not If not, Dave Matthews got you covered. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't need him on my podcast, though. I don't know. I was just going with, you know, Virginia native. Oh, is he? I didn't even know that. Charlottesville. Really? Pretty sure. Oh. Somebody can fact check me sometime. There's one cool thing about Dave Matthews. (laughs) Anyway, how about we uh, jump right into some news? We've got a, a packed show today. Let's get this wheel spinning. So as we said last week, Black is King has dropped. We have not watched it yet, but from what I've heard, it's apparently blowing everyone's minds. I may not wait for the wheel for this one. I might just go ahead and watch it because I'm just really curious about it. I mean, everything I've seen about this show or album or whatnot, it really just, it, it reminds me of, you know, the Pink Floyd the wall like let's just go on a musical journey and you know i'm definitely willing to give it a try yeah i really dug the wall so i'm i'm optimistic i mean the little bit that i saw in the trailer looks stunning visually if nothing else but i mean also it's beyonce so i feel like the music's also gonna be pretty good queen bay at her best i have a couple other show announcements there's a new muppet series that has dropped called Muppets Now. The first episode is available. And on August 7th, they are releasing a documentary about Howard Ashman, who of course did the lyrics for Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. And he also wrote the lyrics and the screenplay for Little Shop of Horrors. All of those with Alan Menken, of course. Feed me, Seymour, feed me. 
Now, that being said, we're going to leave Muppets Go, or Muppets Now, uh, that's what it is, Muppets Now, at just a, oh my goodness, Muppets are coming? Like, we're not, like, Kermit the Frog is reporting on the scene, and you're not doing anything with that? I haven't watched it yet. I uh, know that they are doing some kind of streaming show, and Scooter is trying to get that up and running, and apparently the other Muppets are getting in his way through various hijinks so it's kind of a meta almost seems like maybe the office kind of thing and from what i read it's quote-unquote unscripted so i don't know what the quote-unquote means but well it means it's like this show where we're going to talk over each other and they're going to talk over each other and it's going to be a zoom call so there'll be technical difficulties aha okay sounds like fun (laughs) yeah I mean, but with, you know, Fozzie interrupting with great jokes, wonderful jokes. Okay. Can I move on from Muppets? Sure. There are two things dropping on August 14th. One is called Disney's Magic Camp. It is a comedy in which some campers help a magician rediscover his love of magic. That sounds cute. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That sounded sassy and mean. (laughs) I didn't mean for it to. I would have been into that movie... A lot as a kid. I'm just an adult now. So are we talking like magic as in like a magician or as in like a mage like Merlin? I believe a magician. Okay. I get the impression that it's like the magician that works at the camp. Gotcha. And maybe he's a little disillusioned. No pun intended. <laughs> Legitimately why? no pun intended. Why, why shouldn't we int- intend that? And I guess the kids help him rediscover his love of magic. I unironically really appreciate magic tricks, so I legit would have been into that movie as a kid, for sure. Absolutely. The other movie that drops on the 14th, I have feelings about. It's called The One and Only Ivan. It's based on a young adult novel of the same name. I actually saw it in the store a week ago and was like, what is this? I was kind of intrigued by the cover. The novel is based on a real gorilla that was part of a circus in a mall which I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently that's a thing that happened at some point. And he was a part of that circus for 27 years. Eventually, he was adopted by Zoo Atlanta in 1994 and lived there happily for the rest of his years. These kinds of movies are really hard for me. For the listeners of you that don't know, I am a zookeeper, a very proud zookeeper. And unfortunately, there are many movies out there that really give a agendaed take on what it means to care for animals in zoos and captivity of different kinds. So what you're saying is that you are nothing like a Joe Exotic or a Carol Baskins or any of those now relatively famous people who keep animals, because I won't even give them that title. Yes, exactly. And this trailer does not... How do I want to say this? In real life, he lives happily ever after in a zoo, and that's great. Zoo Atlanta has pretty much the premier ape program in the country, if not one of the best ones in the world. So that's awesome. The trailer, at least, does not give the impression that he ends up at a zoo. It kind of looks like he goes back out into the wild, and for an animal raised in human care, that is not an option the vast majority of the time. They do not survive. I think I may end up, because here's the thing, I'm gonna have to watch this movie. Anytime 
a film like this comes out that showcases animals in captivity, we get questions about it. I'm probably going to get some questions about this movie, so I need to know what those questions are going to be about. Uh, So I will probably watch this when it drops, and I may do an episode about it. We may just go ahead and knock it out since I'm watching it anyway. It will probably be a bit different than our normal episode. It would be a little bit more serious, most likely, (laughs) because this is a topic I'm very, very passionate about. I am always serious. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you're you're known for your gravitas and uh, your stoicism. Thank you for noticing. Yes. So we'll see. I'm trying to keep an open mind. It appears to be more anti-circus than anti-zoo, which I appreciate, but there are also good circuses out there, so I also kind of feel bad when circuses get drugged through the mud, because there are bad ones, but there are great ones. So, we'll see. I have to say, I was actually taken aback that, number one, I wasn't against this movie as a whole because there were talking animals in it. I actually kind of think that that helped it become more fictional to me than it was, hey, look at this real-life story, we're going to show you some sad things, captivity, blah, blah, blah. The other thing is, we get the joy of watching Brian Cranston. Yeah, that's true. I always love to watch Brian Cranston. And I will say one thing that I did find very encouraging is that, at least from what they show in the trailer... Brian Cranston, who raised the gorilla, even though he's part of the circus, he and the gorilla obviously have a very, very, very strong bond. And that is a pretty basic part of being a zookeeper. You spend more time with those animals than you do with your dogs at home or even your spouse, your family. You spend more waking hours with the animals that you care for. So you do form an incredibly strong bond with those animals. I can attest to that. And I liked that they kind of showcased that, and he wasn't just some evil villain that was using this gorilla just to make money and that kind of thing. All right. How about a Marvel Minute, Bob? So all news in the Marvel Minute can actually be summed up mostly in a minute this week. There's not a lot going on, even after San Diego Comic-Con at home. The one big thing that I need to do is print a retraction new mutants it was rumored that they were going to go to disney plus turns out there's a lot of contractual things going on there and new mutants is not coming to disney plus in the u.s and is still slated for an end of august theater release what i'm thinking is that it's going to get once again another release date that it's not going to fulfill because we can all see the writing on the wall there is no way that a movie theater is going to open with everything going on in the world still. Hell no. So, that being said, uh, the other thing coming to Disney Plus has been announced is Marvel 616. It's an anthology documentary series. This is going to be about the historical and cultural and societal context of Marvel stories. So, each episode is going to be directed by a different filmmaker. Jillian Jacobs uh, from Community Fame directs an episode. Gillian. Say it again. Gillian Jacobs. Gillian Jacobs. Oh, I know her. Ha! I know things. <laughs> Gillian Jacobs of Community Fame directs an episode about women behind the scenes at Marvel. Paul Shear's episode is about why some characters become mainstream and others don't. All we have is a coming soon. We don't have a specific date. We'll come back to any news that we get. There's tons of rumors out there. Some of them we'll mention, some of them we won't. That was over a minute. Back to you, honey. (laughs) Good job timing yourself. So now let's move on to the roulette portion of our show. Yeah? Yas. Yas. We have decided we're going to handle documentaries on a case-by-case basis. 
some of the documentaries on Disney Plus are two hours long and have a lot to talk about them. Some of them are 45-minute National Geographic specials that basically can be summed up in five to ten minutes in a YouTube video. Drain the Great Lakes is one of those shows. I won't disagree with you. I will say that they do a lot of repeating. I almost felt like I was watching an old-school anime where they recap the last five minutes every five minutes. That is one of my biggest pet peeves about... I love History Channel and National Geographic, but it drives me insane how they come back from every single commercial break and resummarize what happened before the commercial break. And especially when you're watching that on a streaming service without commercials, it drives me nuts. Stop telling me the same thing five times. Every time I saw it, I was like, last time on National Geographic. Yeah, and some of the stuff they did was really cool. So basically, they sent a bunch of different sonar setups to map the ground underneath the Great Lakes. It's cool. There's stuff down there. There's remnants of a waterfall larger than Niagara Falls down there because the water used to be much lower 8,000 years ago. That's cool. There were rock formations placed by man to help them hunt caribou which is weird and cool. For any of you Paleolithic diet people, apparently caribou can be on your uh, your diet. There you go. And in Lake Ontario, there might be an impact crater, but that's still not 100% determined. So those are all cool things. But I told you most of the findings in about one minute. <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, what I could take from this series is that the rest of the series is going to be really cool. There are tons of other drain the dot 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 documentaries. There's the Titanic. There's Raising Atlantis. There's a whole bunch of really cool things. We spun and we got the Great Lakes. And after noticing that there were tons and tons of other cool ones, it's nothing against the Great Lakes for me. I just was really disappointed that of all of them, that's the one we got first. Because as Katie said, there were really cool things. But once you get through that, what, you did it in two-minute kind of sum-up, that's what it could have been. It could have been a two-to-five-minute sum-up that was extended to 45 minutes. Yeah. This is the kind of filler we're dealing with, guys. They went to each one of the Great Lakes, and for every single Great Lake, they had to show rewound footage of a wave to, quote-unquote, drain the lake for each lake. The entire episode. We get it. You're using rewound footage to make it look like the lake is draining. I got it. Yeah. My favorite part of the show was the guy that I'm calling Sam Elliott's science nerd brother. <laughs> it, it was definitely distracting that he looked like Sam Elliott's long lost twin. So Bob, on a scale of one to five waterfalls. Ooh, don't go chasing those. No, stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. How many waterfalls would you give Drain the Great Lakes? I would give you two out of five waterfalls. All right, all right. You're being more kind than me. I'm going to give it one. It was interesting info, but man, I was ready for that show to be over. It's just too repetitive and not enough to say. I look at it this way. I see the concept and I think that the rest of the series will pull that up. If I had to just go off this episode of it, okay, sure, one. But 
Arguably, I, I have, that's what the podcast is. I know it is. You're but not going to rate Cars 3 based on the original Cars. Oh, that's true, but I would consider this an episode for a series rather than its own individual thing, personally. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you're sticking with two? Give it one and a half. One and a half. Sounds One fair. and a half waterfalls, everybody. All right. So we're going to move on now to the actual movie that we reviewed because surprise yeah surprise bonus movie because once we watched drain the great lakes we were like we cannot talk about this for 45 minutes please no we barely did it what 10 minutes there yeah so we rolled the dice again and this time we got the luck of the irish which was a disney channel original movie kind of from our era which any movie that stars ryan merriman i'm immediately like Ooh, 90s, 2000s Disney. He was also the kid in Smart House, and he starred in this movie as well. Yeah, I definitely remember when this came out. Disney had done marketing all over the place. You could not get away from this. I think I had randomly moved at that time when this came out, and when we had plugged the TV in, and it come back up on Disney, and it was just like, boom, everywhere. I just remember seeing this commercial all the time. Well, that's probably because when it premiered, it was the highest rated Disney Channel original movie ever. So that's... as of 2001, that was the number one. That's a bar. That yeah. is That is a bar. <laughs> I don't say it's raising a huge bar. I mean, I'm assuming that that is well after High School Musical or well before. Well before, yeah. Well before. That's what I meant to say. Words are important in a podcast. Eh, only slightly. So they often will still air this on St. Patrick's Day. It's become a little bit of a tradition. And the other fun factoid I have for you is that Henry Gibson, who plays the grandfather, famously played a leprechaun on Bewitched. I think I remembered that. I remember him from one or two episodes, I think, of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, he's in Tales from the Crypt? That's cool. At least one or two, I believe. Nice. So before we get into the deep dive, I do want to share with everyone our drink for this episode. Oh, I never named it. What should it be called? I'm going to call it the Dancing Lassie. Ooh. For reasons you guys will find out momentarily. It turns out this movie is all about a collie that can river dance. I would watch the shit out of that movie. (laughs) So this drink was Jameson Irish Whiskey, Ginger Ale, and listen. It's my fault. You guys, because we kind of had to roll this at the last second and I didn't have time to really prepare and go search out alcohol for this drink, I had to work with what I had in my house. And Bob had apple-flavored NOS that was green, so... Sour apple NOS. NOS, we don't have a sponsorship from you yet, but we would love, love that. I am sponsoring NOS with our groceries every week for you. (laughs) That is true at this point. So we got Irish whiskey, ginger ale, apple energy drink, and then I threw in some of that gold luster dust that we used for the Tinker Bellinis because why not? pot of gold, Irish, you know, it fits. And uh, you guys, this drink is not good. Don't, don't do it unless you want to punish yourself for something. <laughs> but if you no, decide you want to suff- give it a try. Suffer along with us. It's part of the roulette wheel. I mean, if you want to buzz, it'll get the job done. If you do the uh, energy the drinks and alcohol, what could go wrong? <laughs> so that is the drink for this episode. I am sorry. Okay, so the movie opens and it starts with a traditional indigenous dance. And I can't say that's how I expected this Disney Channel movie to start, but here we are. 
And it turns out there is a holiday at the school called Heritage Day that they are all getting prepared for. And the main character, oh God, what was his name? Yeah, that's how good this movie was. (laughs) The main character, who I shall look up very, very quickly, (laughs) played by Ryan Merriman. He is having a dream. The fact that you know the actor's name better than the character's name says a lot. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I did see this movie back in the day, but I did not remember anything about it. Uh, Kyle. Kyle. I remembered it before I looked it up, I swear. (laughs) So Kyle is having a dream about Heritage Day, and he's stressed about it because he has no idea what his heritage is. He's asked his parents multiple times. All they do is throw out phrases like, we're Americans, that's all the heritage we need. We're from Cleveland. Sorry, Cleveland. We cut to the scene at the dinner table where he's really trying to pry some info out of his parents about his heritage. And the whole thing is filmed with like slight fish eye and it's really unnerving. And the parents are being creepy as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. It really creepy as fuck is really the way to put this. Like it almost seemed like horror movie style. I was very much feeling like maybe mom's going to turn into a demon here for a second. Maybe is, is this kid going to be thrown into a sack and taken away to the nether realm? Like, I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. It was really unnerving. It reminded me of old episodes of, are you afraid of the dark? It was that creepy. For a Disney Channel movie, I was not expecting that kind of sim- cinematography. Yeah, it was an interesting choice. I mean, effective, because they were supposed to be creepy and weird, but it was a hard turn I was not ready for. So after the creepy dinner scene, we are following him at school, and I couldn't even really pay all that much attention to the drama happening with Heritage Day because I was just transported to a wonderful, wonderful world of the late 90s, early 2000s. There were colored Apple computers, the ones that were see-through and so cool. Oh, those desktop iMac, you choose your own color. You could have a red one. You could have a blue one. But in two years, that gray part, it's going to be brown. That uh, their library at their school had one of every color, and it was so exciting. The girl had her hair held back with a bandana. I rocked the shit out of that look in the 90s and early 2000s. Kyle wears a bucket hat. The whole thing was just so gloriously... I saw quite a few overalls. Overalls everywhere. (laughs) In amongst his, I can't remember, does he go to the Irish festival to investigate whether or not he's Irish? Or does he just somehow end up at an Irish festival? So we see Kyle go through this day at high school and he is having, you know, unnatural good day. I mean, him and his team got themselves into like the quarterfinals of their state basketball tournament. You know, several different things of unnatural luck, I guess, is the only way you can put it. And yeah, I guess him and his friend, uh, who I will not Russell. remember. I remember it. Russell. Russell! It was Russell. Russell and him go to the Irish Festival. They get there and he says something about Well, maybe I'm Irish. Let's check this out or something like that. Okay, okay. But the most important thing about the Irish Festival is that we meet Mr. Timothy Amundsen. Amundsen? 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 I'm going to go with that. Also known as Detective Lassiter or Lassie from Psych. Lassie! He is playing the most Irish guy that ever Irished. So over the top and wonderful. I have worked with Irish step dancers, and um, he definitely tried to exude 
everything they throw out on stage. Yeah. So he is performing with an Irish dance troupe. And as soon as he stepped up on stage with the troupe, we were like, oh my god, is he gonna dance? And it became immediately clear that no, he was not. Every single shot of him was from the torso up. Or the torso down. It was one or the other. But he still went all in. I'm a huge fan of his. He's a fantastic actor. He's such a good comedic actor. Him being in this was like, it raised it 50 points in my mind. He's always in it to win it. It's do or die with him. Yeah. So at one point, Kyle's family heirloom necklace gets swapped with a fake. Lo and behold, it turns out that family heirloom necklace was helping to hide the fact that his mom is a leprechaun. Dun dun dun. Enter bad 90s CGI shrunken person. Yes, I actually, I made a note in my notes about that like lovely blue haze that early 2000s, late 90s movies had around their CGI where they couldn't fully get the blue screen out back before they even used green screens. I have such a nostalgic affection for that terrible, terrible CGI and this movie was filled with it and it brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, I have to say the mom in creepy tone was very much creepy. Like, for lack of a better term, she creeped me out. And once the quote-unquote luck was lost and she started reverting into a leprechaun, her voice was a wonderfully horrible Irish accent. But despite it being horrible, I loved the mom so much. Oh yeah, she was a good time. She was really fun. Her hair became one of those big red Irish step dancer wigs, and it was completely ridiculous, but I en- I was endeared to her the whole time. The dad, still a little bit of a creepster, despite the fact that uh the curtain had been pulled back. Yeah, so as it turns out, he had met an old gentleman at the Irish festival, and that gentleman was his grandfather on his mom's side, so also a leprechaun. And he is also reverting to a leprechaun, but because he's an old man, his body is transitioning more slowly. Old man grandpa tells them that, obviously, Lassie stole the locket. He's a bad dude. So they all pile into grandpa's bright green convertible to chase after him. And all I could think the entire time was, isn't mom going to blow away? She is literally a foot tall in a convertible. One foot tall mom who gets thrown back under Russell's lap. And I was like, ooh, bad imagery. I was mostly just concerned she would just fly whoop, right out of the car. Yep. So they wreck the car, and Kyle's ready to give up. And you know those classic Disney moments where the main character is feeling beaten down, but then the friends rally beside him, and they're going to pick him up, and we're all going to face the bad guy together. They literally could pick him up at this time because he was shrinking. That's true. He was starting to get shorter. He had grown some pointy ears. He had developed some pretty fresh red tips on his very spiky hair. So my favorite part of that whole transition was they threw a bucket hat on him, but they threw it on before he found out about the red tips and the ears. So that was his fashion choice. And then he put it back on to keep it hidden that he had those. I felt like things were out of sync there, but no, that was a fashion choice. Of course it was. Bucket hats were awesome. I had one. It was denim. Be jealous. There is something going on there. I don't think jealousy is it. 
So they're all in the car and sad, and Kyle's friend, Bonnie, says, you know, you just gotta feel the strength of your ancestors, man. When Irishmen first came to the United States, nothing went easy for them, and they had to work extra hard for, like, little to no pay. And then Russell, who is a young black man, said, at least they got paid. And, like, fucking stop the movie, guys. I'm dead. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Stop the movie. We looked at each other and went, wow, Disney. Disney did not come to play. (laughs) So after that, like, casual slavery bomb of truth, they just go continue chasing after the bad guy. (laughs) Now, let me let me ask you a question. Whose name was Bonnie? His friend. So so the main girl in this is named Bonnie. The lass is named Bonnie. I did not pick up on that. Oh my god. Uh, I didn't catch that either. Oh no. Yeah. Nice catch though. Nice catch. So uh, they end up confronting Lassie the villain, not Lassie the girl. Yeah, we will always refer to him as Lassie from Psych. It's a curse for him from now on. Yes. So... Basically, they challenge each other to traditional Irish games, and whoever wins the most games will basically get ownership of Kyle's family. They go back and forth, and they end up tying in these traditional games that include, like, throwing a stagecoach wheel and... Let's rewind that, what you just said. He doesn't get to physically own the family. He gets to own the family's luck. Yes. Let's Let's not bring slavery into this any more than Disney has. I thought Kyle offered himself as a slave. Oh, maybe he did. I don't remember that part. I thought he did when they doubled down. Maybe. Because here's what happened. They tied and Lassie was all shady and was like, oh, well, I said you would only win if you beat me. But since we tied, then I win. Kyle basically went double or nothing and I'm pretty sure offered himself up as a slave in exchange for his family's freedom if they won in one more game. And if they didn't, Lassie's character would be subject to live in the land of his fathers along the shores of Erie. Yes. So if Kyle wins, his family is free and Lassie has to live within the shores of Erie. If Lassie wins, Kyle is a slave and his family has no luck. This game, it turns out, is basketball, which is Ryan's game. Not Ryan. Kyle. Good old Ryan Merriman. I can't let you go. Kyle's game. So basketball is Kyle's game. He is the star player. But once he lost his luck, his play quality went pretty downhill. Uh, Let's just call it it was in the shitter. Yeah, it wasn't good. He couldn't throw free throws anymore at all. So he now has to play with zero luck. But he discovers that his power is within himself and... What? Grim. In a Disney movie? I know. He comes to his own power? And uh, the granddad actually tosses Russell, who's also on the team, a lucky coin, quote unquote, lucky coin, for some good old Felix Felicis action to convince Russell that he had luck that was going to make him a great player. But then, of course- He gave him a Dumbo feather. Yep. It was just his own confidence. So, the boys win! Hooray! Didn't see that coming. So what was creepy to me about that basketball game was to everyone else in the crowd, they were playing versus the actual other high school team. It was the actual state finals. But whenever we would, to Russell and 
Kyle's view, we were seeing the bad leprechauns. Yeah. And it was kind of weird and creepy because, like, were they possessing them? Were, was it, like, it, it was weird. Shh, don't ask questions. Don't, don't look too far into the deep <laughs> Disney meta. But I do have to ask the question, though. So here's what Kyle did. He's a smarty pants. He said that Lassie would have to live forever within the shores of Erie. Lassie thought he just didn't know how to pronounce Ira. Ira. But, no, no, he was talking Lake Erie. Because his dad's from Cleveland. Yup. So then they cut to a shot of Lassie, who is now down to leprechaun size, just dropping into the water of Lake Erie. Also, like, ugly leprechaun from the leprechaun movie. Yeah, not a handsome leprechaun. Mm-mm. No, no. And basically, the wording was within the shores of Lake Erie. So does that mean he's just in the water and eventually is going to slowly drown he to didn't death? drop in the water. I thought that he had said along the shores of Erie, but... I'm pretty sure it was within the shores and then they dropped him in the water. They did. So maybe he's stuck in the lake forever. Yeah. A little dark. A little dark. Don't go swimming in Lake Erie. You might get uh, bit by a, by a lassie. <laughs> by, a, by a very ugly a leprechaun. All right. So what do you want to give the luck of the Irish, Bob, on a scale of one to five? You got lots there. You got shamrocks. I know. You got basketballs. You've got coins. You've got potato chips. Oh, by the way, his grandfather owns a potato chip factory. Yeah, let's do potato chips. Out of one out of five potato chips, what would you give the luck of the Irish? I will actually stand with the fact that it was the highest rated Disney live action film. So let's go with two potato chips. Two potato chips? Yep. I think I'm going to go. It's really hard because we haven't watched anything truly great yet. So I'm having to put the scale in my head of like, well, what movie would be a five? What would be a one? And I feel like we're kind of falling in the middle a lot, but we're kind of watching things that are in the middle a lot. I think I'm also going to go too, because it was enjoyable enough, but I did find my mind wandering periodically, and there are some Disney Channel movies that are super fucking legit, hold up really, really well, so I think in comparison to those ones, and knowing that we'll be rating those higher in the future, I gotta give this guy a two. But it's an affectionate two. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some affection for the 90s nostalgia in there. But, oof, I mean, some of it was just darn right not good. Yeah, that's not a lie. All right, well, that concludes The Luck of the Irish, which means it is time to roll for next week. I'm getting my trusty handy-dandy dice out here. Here we go. The next movie is number 260. Yes! I'm so excited! She's so excited. High School Musical 2! What? High School Musical 2! Uh, and <laughs> and it was like you called it into being. Oh, there are Disney Channel's movies that I can rate really high. Hmm. That's not loaded anything. <laughs> you guys might think that I am bullshitting the numbers, but... My enthusiasm should tell you that I'm not making it up. I'm legit so excited the next one is High School Musical 2. Yes! 
All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, we hope you guys join us in two weeks for our next film review adventure. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be something. In the meantime, please like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette and on Instagram at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can email us the old-fashioned way at DisneyRoulettePodcast at gmail.com. Our website is BrouseHouseMedia.com. That's B-R-O-U-S-E HouseMedia.com. All one big word. And you can find all of our different projects there. Thanks as always to Bob for co-hosting with me. And thank you listeners for joining us. And don't forget, I'm a leprechaun. So don't be telling me about rainbows. Is that all right? Sure. (laughs) I say leave it. Your confidence is just warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> the lower cockles or the upper cockles? Obviously the lower. Gotcha. <laughs>